you when you moved to LA? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> um, I was I was about 23, 24. Did you know anyone here? No. And how much money did you have when you first arrived? I can't remember, so I can't imagine it was much. <laughs> Where did you live when you first got here? Uh, down in Beverly Hills. What was your first job in L.A.? I was, I believe, a waitress or a personal assistant. Mm-hmm. And what was your initial impression of L.A.? Big. Yeah. <laughs> How many years did it take you to get your first job in the industry? Uh, pretty quick, within the first few months. Uh-huh. How many years did it take you of living in L.A. until you felt like it was home? Um, am I there yet? <laughs> um, maybe four or five years. And if you had to sum up L.A. in one word, what would it be? Unique. so excited to be talking with Anya O'Hare today. Anya is head of casting and talent relations at DreamWorks Animation Television, so she is very well versed in that world. But the bonus about getting to speak with Anya is that she also worked extensively in the on-camera world, working on such things as the Transformers franchise, in addition to Lone Ranger, People Like Us, and many more. As head of DreamWorks Animation Television, Anya has cast such shows as The Home Adventures of Tip and O, Voltron, and Spirit Riding Free, to name just a few. Anya has won three Emmy Awards, count them, three Emmy Awards for Outstanding Casting for an Animated Series or Special for her work on All Hail King Julian, The Adventures of Puss and Boots, and Troll Hunters. Yeah. Um, so yay, we're so happy yay, to have Anya today. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. So I think today <laughs> what we're going to mostly talk about that we're so excited to talk about is the world of VO and particularly uh, the world of animation VO. Um, but let's just start with how'd you, how did you get into casting originally? Like what was that? Originally, well, hush hush, I Thought mm-hmm. I wanted to be an actor for a mm-hmm. split second, realized <laughs> I really hated being in front of the camera and literally started to hide. So I realized that wasn't going to work. Um, and I met someone and uh, he offered me an internship at a really, really busy casting office that does television called um, UDK. Oh, yeah. Um, I didn't know you started there. I was an intern there. Oh, yeah, I was big, an intern yeah, there. So that was my first casting job. And I, I sat there and I mean, back then we were using VHS tapes and I was opening, oh um, I was opening, you know, headshots and putting them in piles. And uh, essentially, after being there for some time, I went to my boss and I was like, this is awesome, but I need money because those were unpaid back then. Uh-huh. And uh, he hired me on the spot. He said, no, we can't. Was that you. Robert? That was Robert. Robert how, how long before you were like, I need to be paid? I It, it was a few months. Yeah. I was waitressing on the weekends and oh doing God. kind of odd jobs so that I could do this. I felt it was really important to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still wasn't sure what I was going to do in LA yet. I just know I, you know, I used to be an 
auditor mm-hmm. for PricewaterhouseCoopers. <laughs> Such a weird thing to say, but I have an accounting degree and I was doing numbers and I was like, I just don't want to do that. <laughs> um, so I, you know, it just, it kind of, it was a great place to be. And he just, you know, essentially just said, I'll, I'll hire you. I don't have a desk for you. So you'll sit on the floor in my office. And I was like, oh my okay. God. And I organized, um, I'm, you know, I don't know what his office looks like now, but back then it was pretty messy. <laughs> and plus we would have like hundreds of VHS tapes right. that I would have to organize. And oh organizing is one of my favorite things to do. So it was my dream job. So that kind of started it. And he That's helped amazing. me helped me get more jobs after that. Did you fall into that job? Did you just did. kind of look up and find an internship? No, did you know? I literally was at the right place at the right time and uh, was personable. I professionally worked before so no one really made me nervous Mm -hmm. yeah Um, I think it was just a situation where I met someone and um, they worked there and they just liked that I wasn't shy about talking I was probably kind of making sense what I spoke so he was like this could work like we just need someone who can communicate right and it essentially just turned into a free internship. So let's just remember that. So Yeah, I was going to say, I love, yeah. I love the optimism normal. of saying, right. It's the, very normal. Yeah. It, it was. And it's not It not still anymore. is, though. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. I know. But saying yeah, that you I feel know. like you were at the right place, in the right place at the right time, I think is such a great thing to say, considering that you were working yeah. for free, though. Like, many people, I think, are in the right place at the right time, but they're like, hell no, I'm not going to work for free. So then they sort of miss that opportunity. So how wonderful that you had the humility to like do that, to get yourself, you know. I think everything behind me throughout my entire life, I, you know, I have had so many careers, which is Mm -hmm. very strange to say, but Mm -hmm. even as a child, I was an ice skater and it was a job to me to Mm -hmm. some degree. And, uh, you know, my parents came from Poland and it was this thing that you're always a sponge, uh-huh. There was never a situation that, you know, we weren't going to get through. We came to America with very little. Mm-hmm. And my parents always said to me, no matter whether we have money or not, if you feel something is something you need to try, then we have to try it. That's why we oh, moved here. So I think that's yeah. just part of me. So when I have that opportunity, I kind of feel like I'm in the right place. I have to accept what's happening. I have to embrace it and I'm going to learn. So yeah. I think it just worked. God, that's a great lesson for every for every career, every walk of life. I love that. Yeah, but you know, it's funny because we've we've talked to a few people and they've mentioned that too, and and I think that really happens here in LA where you do get these kind of opportunities that you wouldn't necessarily expect, especially you know you came here wanting to be an actor. Which I, I'm not surprised because Anya's been very entertaining. Yes. You can't, you can't see all the faces that she's been making, but they're really funny. Yeah. yeah. So that's really awesome. How did you switch into, how did that casting process kind of turn into going into voiceover casting and where you are now? That started only four years ago. So I've been doing this almost 15 years now, and I've mostly been in live action. I did commercials and print for a long time as well. But essentially, I had a child, and I was back in the office I'd been in before I had my kid, and I kind of had this feeling that I needed a change, and I loved the group I was working with, and um, I'm very good friends with uh, Denise Chamion, is, which is where I was at. However, I just felt like my life had changed, mm-hmm, and, and sure. my priorities were different. So I kind of essentially 
what I often do in my life, I kind of just open myself up and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to look out for opportunities. Mm-hmm. I'm just not going to say no right now. I'm just going to meet people. I'm going to do things. And I got a call from a old boss and uh, she said that DreamWorks is starting up a television division um, and they need someone to start their casting and, and start that group up. Would you be interested in meeting? And I said, oh, yes. Um, this, <laughs> wow. I would love to come back. I worked at DreamWorks years ago as her assistant. And um, essentially, uh, you know, I, I said yes immediately on the phone. And then she said, uh, just so you know, they don't want you. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I, was like, I can work with this. I can work with this. There's no expectations. Yeah. Um, they're like, yeah, they're just not impressed by your resume. And I was like, okay. Oh. Um, I've worked Ouch. with like... I've worked with some of the top people yeah, in the really? industry, like Francine Maisler, Denise Chanian, yeah. like... Robert Ulrich. I don't know. I feel pretty good about it, but I get it. I get it. And they're like, well, it's animation, and you don't really know those players. And I'm like, hmm, I can turn that, I think, into something. Um, and I came in and met with them, and I found my own essentially figured out what my pitch was. I'm like, how do I pitch myself? And uh, essentially I sat down and I was like, listen. And I think I said to this man who I work with now, and I was like, "Uh, I know you don't want me. And he was like, what? What? Who told you that? And I was like, it's okay. Don't worry. It's fine. Don't worry about it. It's fine. I'm here, right? I know you don't want me and I'm here. So I'm just going to pitch myself to you. And he's like, okay, I'm ready. And I go, listen, you can hire whoever you want who's done this forever and knows all the voiceover people and can tell you exactly who can do what voice, or you can hire me and I know no one. And I said, but what you have from me is my taste. And Mm. I will listen to absolutely everyone because I don't know who anyone is. And I'm going to essentially take a new view on animation television. And that's it. I'm just going to take it from a different place. I had a little bit of animation experience from working at the feature group. And we did movies like The First Dragons. I worked on the first Kung Fu Panda. So I had a little bit of it. And I Mm -hmm. kind of understood what needed to happen. But I didn't really only listen to voiceover to see if I could hone those skills. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, as a casting director, that's my job. My job is my taste. You're hiring Mm -hmm. me not for who I've hired in the past, but essentially, do you like what I have done? Do you like the people I have brought people? Mm-hmm. Like, so that's my job. Mm-hmm. I'm a connector. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I need to help actors um, be better. That sounds so mean. No, um, it I, sounds but amazing. my job is to make actors be better, be better in the room. I, I'm sure you've met with casting directors, and all they say is all they want is for you to come in and be amazing. Yeah. That's all yeah. we want. Yeah. And if one sentence I say to you makes you better, then we're gold. Yeah. I mean, that's it. And by the way, that doesn't mean you're going to book that job, but I see that you can take that direction yeah. and you might book a job down the line. Yeah. And that's it. And that's why they hired me. God, that's wow. great. That's, that's incredible. That's a great I, story. You know, it's, there's this quote that we've quoted before from a book where somebody says there's no such thing as a general meeting. Mm. And it's it's her perspective of saying go into a meeting with your own agenda. Like it the the person the other person in the meeting might end up controlling the meeting, but at least you're going in knowing what you want out of that meeting and 
what you're going to do and not just kind of walking in and sitting there and waiting for them to, you know, and what I love about what you did is you knew what you were going to say. You went in and you, you know, and I think that can apply to actors that can Mm -hmm. apply to, you know, everybody. I I think that's amazing advice. I think the other piece of that is that you don't know what that person has been through that day. Mm. Yeah. Um, I've had generals with people I am dying to meet. This just happened to me. Um, I've been listening to this other podcast, but I always listen to this one. Um, I was listening to another podcast. I've listened to all of these. And um, essentially, uh, I really wanted to meet these two women. I found them to be really intelligent, have smart ideas, and be unique. So we were trying to set it up. It's very popular right now. So we were having troubles. And um, we finally set it up for this week, and I had a really tough not one of my best weeks at work. It was kind of stressful. A lot of was going on. And they walked in and it was just, it was quiet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And normally, obviously, like I try to bring stuff. I want to yeah. have fun. My, I'm always so uncomfortable in every situation. So I just assume if I make jokes, it'll just make it better. So. <laughs> but it was just in a place where I just couldn't do that that yeah. day. And, you know, I'm not sure if they were in the same place, but, you know, it was sad. It, I mm-hmm. felt really bad because it wasn't the general I wanted to have. Clearly, they also were kind of going through stuff. A lot's happening in Hollywood, and I mm-hmm. think that affected them that day. Something bit, big had come out that day. But I think that's good advice because even if the other person isn't always um, speaking back in the way that you were expecting, it doesn't mean that they're not enjoying it. Mm-hmm. We all mm-hmm. are kind of movie stars in our own world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and we true. have our own movie going on, yeah. and we're the star of it. And yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like you walk in there and you think that what they're doing is like, you know, they, they don't like you, they don't this, and it's just like I'm sitting there saying like, oh, I wish I had said this to this person this morning. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's... Funny. Yeah, it can be anything. It can be anything. It's so nice it can be to family think or that. Yeah. You know, like there's a saying: other what other people think about me is none of my business. Yeah. And I love that because it's so true. It's like, and it's it's kind of what you did. Like, yeah. I'm gonna come in here, and I know you don't want to hire me, but you know, I don't yeah. care because that's yeah. not my business. My business is to show up prepared, yeah. tell you why I can do this job really well, and what I'm gonna bring to it. Yeah. Want to have fun? Yeah. Well, fun. I'd love to ask you, you know, the, the, the world of voiceover mm-hmm. in L.A. is so, it's such a mystery to so many actors, and it's so elusive, and it's, um, you know, people always talk about, like, oh, it's this club that, you know, you you people try to get into, but it's you have to kind of be <laughs> part of the club, and, um, and, and they sort of make it sound like if you're not in it, you know, good luck, like, good luck getting in it, you know, because um, it's, cause it's such a great job obviously for actors um what what would you say to to a new actor coming to town that's interested in doing it like are there steps that you would say yes and I'm happy you specified because a new actor coming to town is very different from an actor that may be a little bit more established Mm -hmm. um but a new actor coming to town uh, don't expect it's going to be easy. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people think, oh, it's voiceover. I can just do that until I get a live action career, yeah. which is one of the most frustrating things I've ever heard. <laughs> I actually probably <laughs> thought that before I started here. <laughs> um, but I have to say, now being in it, I, I think actually voiceover is one of the most difficult things an actor can do. Yeah. It's kind of like the thing in live action. 
I used to audition people, and I always noticed people coming in for the one-liners struggled so much more yeah. than yes. the people coming in and had a whole scene to do. So and true. you just think it's going to be easy, and it's not. Mm-hmm. In order to be natural, to be able to emote enough. So I think my advice for them would be don't expect it to be easy, but also work at it. You might not be able to afford classes, and that's fine. So watch everything. Uh, record, listen back, have your friends listen back. Mm. Do they believe you mm-hmm. when you're talking? Mm-hmm. And work towards that. Mm-hmm. Hone your skill. See if you can do other voices. If you feel like you have a voice you want to try, work on that. Mm-hmm. Do stand-up. Mm. Do improv. Get comfortable with yourself. Mm-hmm. The main thing that I struggle with with reads is that I don't believe what the person is saying. And mm-hmm. I don't believe they believe it. Mm-hmm. And that's when an audition comes back that I I move on from. Mm -hmm. I don't care if your voice is in the right place. If your acting is in the right place and I believe what you're saying, I usually know I can work with the voice. As long as it's somewhat in the right realm, I can make an adjustment. Mm -hmm. But if I don't believe what you're saying, then I have to move on from it. That's so interesting. Do you audition people in the room? Like with you or do you? Sometimes animation is very different than live action yeah. for me. It's a big. It's been a big adjustment because I used to be able to be in the room and give adjustments, and I loved working with actors. This is, this is a little bit different. So in this world, essentially, we put out sides to the agents, and I have an amazing group of people. This is not just me that does all these shows. We put out sides um, which include a character description. If we have a visual of the character, I include it. And a couple pages. And those go to the agents, and then they essentially put it out to their talent. And their talent records it either at home or in the booth at their agency's office. And then the agents send us the ones they like. Mm -hmm. And I'm just hoping that they've made the right decisions and didn't maybe exclude someone that just did something different that they didn't feel was right for us. Mm -hmm. And then we go through those. So, and to give you perspective, uh, last, this year we listened to over 29,000 auditions. This year alone. Oh my God. Wow. So we listen and we look to see what we can find. You know what I love so much about your answer of like do improv and tape yourself and have your friends listen and all that is something we talk about sometimes with, with private clients at Speak LA is. We say, like, if you're trying to get an agent or you're trying to get noticed by casting directors, we say, spend 10% of your time doing this sort of marketing work, you know, mm-hmm. like the the social media, the mailings, the postcards, you know, all that stuff. And spend 90% of your time being a great artist because casting directors are going to find the great ones, you know. So mm-hmm. I love that, 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 I love that your answer wasn't, well, put together a little package and mail it to the casting. You know, your answer was like, Make yourself great. Yeah, wait. Yeah. Don't even start marketing yeah. until you make yourself great. Yeah. Because you may only That's have one too. chance in front of someone. Yeah. In front of an agent. Forget me. Yeah. In front of an agent. Yeah. Uh, to be realistic, to get to me, you need an agent. Yeah. There's a few people that I work with that are don't have agents, but it's so rare. I don't have the time. I'm yeah. gonna be honest. Yeah. yeah. I don't have the time. I need yeah. a I need a quick seller. Yeah, yeah. And I gotta go to them and I need them quick. Yeah. So you're not going to get an agent unless you have something to sell. And that and that product better be good and it better be quality. 
Yeah. And it better be trained and ready. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I and it's okay that. to take your time. It's right. okay. People, you don't become a lawyer just because you decide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a good point. Like, <laughs> I'm a lawyer. like you know what? I think I'm going to head to New York and be a lawyer. And I want to work in a, I want to work, I want to, I want to protect criminal. people. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's not like that. You, it takes, you need, yeah. you need to work on it. Yeah. And, and that's how it is, you know? I'm yeah. really glad you said that because I do think there's a little bit of that for acting oh, for where sure. people show up a little, a lot, yeah. where people show up and they're like, well, I'm an actor. And you're like, well, what if, yeah. are you taking classes? Have yeah. you no. trained? Do you, you watch yeah. TV? Do you, no. no. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what you would play? No, no, no. And it's funny because I do think LA is a place where luck happens. Like mm-hmm. things can happen that are so yeah. unexpected, kind of like your story. Like these things happen here in this really cool kismet kind of way. But I do think you have to be prepared and ready for it. Yeah. I think that's it. Things happen, and if you don't know to recognize it and you don't know how to handle it, the thing is going to go away. That's mm-hmm. right. What makes a voiceover actor stand out to you? Like, I mean, you talked about believing them. I yes. love that. Um, Versatility. Oh, i to say, like, such the cliche. It's okay. Uh, it's it. such the cliche. But essentially, uh, someone who – it's usually someone who takes a chance. Oh. And just does something different or – I'm listening. So if you imagine, I'm, you know, me and my team were listening to 200 auditions of the same lines. And it starts to get repetitive. Mm-hmm. And just everyone's <laughs> saying it the same way. I'm going to say this like this. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, oh, no, another one, another one. And then all of a sudden you get that gem. And someone has found a unique way to fu- make some sort of line funny in a different way. And that immediately makes you oh, wow. stop. And do it early. <laughs> wow. Do it early. Do it early in that audition. Um, oh, because you sometimes don't listen yeah. to the whole audition. That's a good tip, Do actually. it early. Do it early. Um, <laughs> That's good. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah. And then um, I like uh, to hear who you are in a slate, too. I've brought oh. people. I've brought people in because of their slate. And I literally said, I don't like your audition, but I really liked your slate. Can you do that? Wow. Um, So, you know, slate naturally, be yourself. I don't need to hear about pets you have, but just a warm hello, this is so-and-so. Yeah. And head on into it. How do you, you, can you pinpoint kind of what that is specifically, like when it is that gem? What is it, what is it about it that makes it the gem? I think it's um, a unique voice that per- like that that person specifically could do a direction that they took that I wasn't expecting. Mm-hmm. But I think mostly it's the comedy. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's it's really the comedy and someone kind of hitting things in a unique way that I wasn't expecting. That, you know, grasping onto a character in their head and following through with it and owning it. And staying there and being consistent. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, we've interviewed a few directors and we asked them about the casting process and they all say they, exactly what you said, mm-hmm. but the way they've phrased it is someone who surprises me. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, which is essentially what you're saying. And I, I, I love that. But then it's like finding that balance of like surprising you, but not being like, I think telling as Rob said, like throwing a chair against the wall and right. being yeah, crazy. Right, right. No. You know, it's not it's still no. telling the story no. that right. needs to be told. Right. Yes. I mean, you need to keep 
perspective of what yeah. you're doing and yeah. the space you're in. Yeah. Especially yeah. in live action. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, but for me, it's, you have a little more freedom. Yeah, for sure. How important is versatility? I think there are a group of amazing voiceover actors that have massive versatility. And the only thing that will put you up against them is years of practice. So for me, I, I have those group of actors that are wonderful, and I'm constantly searching for new people, and I am finding new people, and I'm helping them. I have them on a few shows, and I'm working with them to find new characters, and I'm giving them things that I know they can handle. But overall, I, because I don't know how to cast animation. <laughs> um, <laughs> Even though you've won three I Emmys. I know, but I've only been doing, I've won three Emmys over four years, and I'm pretty sure that, um, I don't know, someone, I hope they someone counted made a the ballots, right? <laughs> um, but essentially, um, I don't, I don't care. You don't I don't care, care as much. Yeah. You know, I think... Um, I'm casting a character, and I, I think this, I'm sure there are people at my company that uh, I drive them crazy because I give them someone who can only do one voice. But I'm like, that one voice is amazing. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I just think I need to, part of my job is to make that character important and make that voice important and make that actor important so that they can tell the story the way that my executive producers want them to. And sometimes that means that it can't be someone who's versatile and they can only do one voice. But that's going to carry it. And mm-hmm. I think that's important. You that's know, cool. yeah, that's great. We, we talk so much about branding these mm-hmm. days, in, you know, as actors and type and knowing your type and understanding your type. And like there's that famous line, at least in Hollywood, in the acting world of until you're a name, you're a type, you know, so know your type. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, are there types in the voiceover world? Like, are you like, oh, we want the tough motorcycle guy. This guy does that. Call him in. Or, oh, we want the sweet nun. You know? Like, yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yes, there are. There are people who can't be mean. Mm-hmm. That, you know? And, and, and I'm not sure if maybe with 10 years of experience, they're going to learn to be mean. Maybe mm-hmm. they need some more people to be mean to them. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> but just uh, naturally, their voice tends to have too much warmth in it, which is fine because I've got loads of those. Mm -hmm. So there are situations where, um, you know, people can't do everything and Mm -hmm. that's fine. So I think there are certain types, but I think those lines blur more in my world. Mm -hmm. In animation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you ever have an audition with an actor where they send in their, their, um, that you hear their voiceover and then you see them and then you, it kind of, it, it, Makes it a bit jarring. I, I've, I've had that experience for sure. I don't usually look at visuals of them while I'm listening to their audition. I actually try to look at the visual of the character to see if I can believe that it's coming out of that character. Mm. And then afterwards, if I like someone, I will look them up mostly because I'm like, who is this person? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know them. So I do that. But I, I had this one actor that I cast on Voltron. His name is Neil Kaplan. Um, I heard his audition. He plays like this super scary villain. And his voice is so scary and so low. And I'm like, who is this dude? <laughs> and I was expecting some like big dude. And he's like a little nerdy guy that would be my <laughs> professor with glasses. 
glasses and you see him and you're like, wow. what? That's that, that comes out of your mouth? Yeah. Like, it's shocking. <laughs> but that's the awesome thing about voiceover is that you can have that. Yeah. I think that's my biggest moment that I've had something like that happen. Wow. Um, and he's amazing. He's fantastic. So uh, as you know, I'm sure a lot of actors are kind of afraid of casting directors. Mm-hmm. Um, so scary. Because they're I get scary. It. Should be. Sitting across so from you right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm super scared. I'm pretty scared. <laughs> what, what advice would you kind of give to the actor and or the new actor or just any actor about how you would want them to see you? Like what your job see me? is? See casting. See, see, cast, see casting. I'm like, see me. Don't see? look at me. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, don't shake my hand. Um, I have so many disease-filled children. You don't, you don't want the diseases. Um, no, uh, I, you know, I'm going to speak more, obviously, overall. Like, yes, I, I think there's a there's a reason actors are scared of directors, casting directors. I think there's some really scary casting directors out there. Mm-hmm. Um, it comes from someplace. I think at the end of the day, showing respect, reading a room, being prepared. At yeah. live action, there is no reason for you to not be prepared walking into that room. And just being kind. Yeah. A- a kind. Just be kind. And I think I'm going to go back to saying read a room. And remember not to take anything personally. These people, you know, we're, we're under a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. You know, in live action, you're under a lot of stress. Stress. There's a lot of money being thrown around. Mm-hmm. And um, it kind of, that stress trickles down from the head of the studio to the director to so-and-so all the way down. And we're all just kind of in this line waiting for it to hit us. Mm-hmm. So, you know, someone might take a phone call while you're in an audition or someone might just not look like they're happy. But don't take anything seriously. Just focus on what you're there to do and be prepared. That's awesome. I love I love the read read the room. Mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, I'm thinking back to when I was auditioning a lot and I'm not sure I was I was so tuned into the importance of that because you're hard. so it's you're so it's hard to not be really self involved oh, as yeah. an actor when you're walking in because you're like presenting well, you're the thing. star of your own but, movie but mm-hmm. I almost think like what a smart thing to, to what what great advice to an actor because it takes it takes it off of yourself and now mm. you're reading the room and you don't yeah. don't walk in and be all like loud if, and jolly if there's kind of a somber feeling in the room or, business and yeah. they're stressed and there are 50 actors waiting to come in yeah pay attention to that get yeah. in ask where do you need me Get out. That's great. Do your yeah, thing. I get out. That. They're going to respect that. Yeah. And if you have done your job and you are prepped and you make choices and you go for it, it's going to stand out so much more yeah. than you telling that joke you wanted to tell them. Yeah. That's great. And not like forcing what you're... Um, I just want to go back for one second to the like sort of versatility question mm-hmm. and uh, in, in back to voiceover. Uh, in asking about a demo, you know, mm-hmm. actor, voiceover actors obviously make a demo tape usually kind of early on. And if they're if they're not making a demo tape of work that they've already done, but they're making a demo tape that they're creating mm-hmm. in a studio, yes. right? So would you advise them, like, I don't know, is a demo tape typically a minute, 30 seconds, two minutes, whatever. But what, should it all be kind of the same, like, here's what I do, so something that shows you who they are or should it be like 
here's my this character, here's my that character. It's the character. We want to hear the characters. I'm going to give you advice right now that I gave you a long time ago, which is if you're going to make a demo, make it good. Yeah. (laughs) Jen knows what I'm talking about. A while back, we talked about someone self-taping. Yeah. Don't make a demo if it's not going to be good. You don't want it out there. Take your time. Yeah. Take your time. Yeah. How do you know when you're ready? You know? Because I think... I don't think you ever know. Okay. I don't think you're ever going to totally know. But I think when you have... Well, first of all, find some people you can trust that aren't just going to tell you it's good. Right. Um, You need to find the person who gives you a note. Yeah. Once you find that person and they're willing to, the first time, step back, wait about a year. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And then go back to them and say, I appreciated your feedback. Could you listen to this? I've been working really hard this year. Yeah. Um, how do you feel? Do you believe me when I'm talking? I think that's it. Just make it good if you're going to do it, but also it needs to be different characters. And if you only have three characters, that's fine. Focus on some different emotions. If you only have one character and that's your voice, show different scenes that show a different side of you. So, you know, like one that's maybe a little more emotional. And I'm saying in the animation world. And this will be part of you doing your homework and watching shows, but just show different scenes and different things that you can do so that they know that they can work with you and comedy and different things. So this is so interesting to me what you're saying, and I'm sure I'm sure others might think this too, because it's like I feel like it's a little bit confusing for those of us mm-hmm. that are that aren't in your world that you're talking about people having characters and yet they're auditioning for characters that are already written, right? Mm-hmm. So when you're casting, do they sort of bring a character that has to like fit into the character that's already written or? Well, see, this yeah. is where I'm getting trapped in the voiceover world. When yeah. I say character, I mean themselves. I think I, I mean themselves. I just want them to be them. Uh-huh. And, and for DreamWorks, we cast mostly you. Mm-hmm. For you. Mm-hmm. We have some more tunier voices for certain shows. Mm-hmm. We do that every so often. But most of our shows are people essentially being themselves. Interesting. So it's it's like so regular it's acting. Same. It's, it's just like learning to be authentic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I pull real. a lot of demos for celebrity types off mm-hmm. of their live action stuff. Wow. I do a lot of that. Does Do you have to be famous? No. To be doing no. this. And I mean, demos, demo is going to get you an agent. Demo is not going to get you a job for mm-hmm. me unless you're more established and I know you a little bit more and I need to go through your demo to see if you've got a voice or you can do a French accent. Like, that's why I need your demo. Right. But otherwise, I need to hear your reads. Yeah. I need to see what you do with the character. Right. Right. So that demo isn't necessarily for me yet. Right. It's more for the agent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To get you an agent. To get you an agent. Mm-hmm. I'm devastated that we're out of time oh. because I have so <laughs> I many know. more questions I that I could ask you. But this is so helpful and great, Anya. Thank it you really, I, I do feel like the world of voiceover is like a secret world. So I, I'm, <laughs> to get I, to, I, it is, and yeah. I don't think I'm in it yet. I'm alone in my <laughs> tower <laughs> over there. Um, um, you're you're pretty in it, but getting to getting to you know, talk directly to you is really helpful. And I think really helpful. I mean, I lived in LA for 10 years before I really knew anybody who did it as a, as a, you know, 
regular thing. Like I just always heard about, oh, the voiceover actors, you know, like yeah. don't try to get in because you can't. You know, and it's like they're all the living doors are locked. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so it's really, it's really great to, um, to be here. Yeah. To talk to you. Thank you so much. Um, we always like to end our podcast with a question. We're going to put you on the spot. (laughs) Okay. Um, so our podcast, as you know, is, is a lot about the business, but it's also about LA. So we always like to ask what is an LAism that you've noticed since you've moved to LA, something that is unique to LA. So I'm from Boston, mm-hmm. where it snows and rains a lot. But mm-hmm. here, for some reason, no one knows how to drive or live in the rain. Oh, my God. It's so true. No, I mean, they, like, school <laughs> so gets canceled. Yeah. People call, and they're like, I need to reschedule my audition. It's raining out. I don't know if you noticed. Have you even gone into work today? <laughs> um, so the rain is just, I, I've never... Yeah, it know. shuts and, the and town the way, down. I'm saying this, and then, you know, cut to me, like, ooh, it's raining. I better slow down to five miles an hour um, just in case I hydroplane. Um, so true. It is so yeah. true. I always want to say, like, wait an hour yeah. or yeah. two hours, and it will be gone. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. It won't yes. be here. No, no but, but we mean, are. We are wrecked by the rain out We here. are. I mean, it's our ecosystem, too. Yeah. I mean, houses disappear. It's yeah, scary. Well, there's that. It, it's scary. Yeah. It is scary. Yeah. But. Yeah, yeah, no. That's it. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> the rain. People in LA in the rain. Um, thank you so much. Thank this you. Was amazing. Guys, was Thanks fun. for Wonderful. doing this. All right. Tune in next time at Speak LA, the podcast. Bye. Bye.